Who do you trust to get at the truth? Tavis Smiley. That's who. The conversation continues right now. It does indeed. We thank Rick Fox for an amazing conversation. Uh, I, I said I, I love learning, uh, and Rick's uh, just uh, Rick just uh, uh, taught me and hopefully you some stuff that we didn't know. Uh, and I'm glad to see that he's uh, at the forefront of doing this amazing work uh, as a black man in this environmental space. So it was a great conversation. I thank Rick for doing that. Now, as promised, on the back side of this hour, uh, Paige Means Hopper uh, says that black folks have been languishing in adaptive behaviors and antiquated non-solutions around race far too long. And now we find ourselves in a conspicuously alarming culture of confusion. We'll talk about that. But the ultimate question I want to tackle with her in the time that we have here is whether or not there is a way to heal the wounds of American slavery. They don't want to even talk about it. They don't want to teach it. They don't want to talk about it. Here comes Paige talking about how we're going to heal the wounds of American slavery, <laughs> and I am pleased to welcome her to this studio. Paige, how are you today? I am amazing, and thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Well, at the onset, I want to say that this is a man with incredible integrity. Mm. You are a man of incredible integrity, and I'm just honored to be here that you kept your word. We talked, what, 13 years ago, mm-hmm. and I said, I have this book that I'm writing, and I'd really like to have a conversation. And you said, Paige, when you're finished with the book, circle back around to me, and we'll have a national conversation. And here we are. Here we and are. that speaks volumes about you. So well, thank you. Well, I, I appreciate that. My mama is glad to hear that. That ain't nothing about the Lord, though. I'm just glad that 13 <laughs> years later, I'm still here. Yes, And same. 13 years later, you got the book done. Same. And so here we are having this conversation. Here we are. We're all, all praise to, to him. That's right. Uh, for that. Uh, let me jump right in, though, make the most of this time. Okay, so great. I said a moment ago that... that um, we're in a moment in this country right now, speaking of confusion, where people don't want to talk about the truth. They don't want to teach the truth. Uh, and this reparations conversation, people watching California to see if we're going to do anything and what we're going to do. I say all the time, what happens in California cast a long shadow or a long sunbeam across the nation. So people are watching us on this issue. But let's just keep it real. By and large, for the most part, people don't want to have a conversation about slavery anymore. There's there's slavery fatigue yes. in this country. Even black folk don't want to see slavery films mm-hmm, anymore. Mm-hmm. It, 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 if it's slavery, I don't want to go see it. So here you come now suggesting that, that in this moment you want us to wrestle with this notion of healing the wounds of American slavery. How do we do that in this space? Well, first of all, everything comes out of recognition, right? Mm-hmm. It comes out of knowing Because until we know what we're dealing with, you said the word wrestle. Mm -hmm. That's apropos. Mm -hmm. Because it is a wrestle. It's a coming out of darkness in terms of our way of thinking. We say that we're woke, Mm -hmm. but what are we woke to? Mm -hmm. And so what I'm thinking is that based on what I've done over the last 20 years, which is get into the etymology of the wounds, I'm I'm talking about specific wounds, 10 in particular, Mm -hmm. that I've wrestled with mm-hmm. and had to go through a process. And so that's what it will take. But is it, it is indeed a process. I think a lot of us want to go to externals like education, politics, mm-hmm. and all of those things matter, science even. But at the end of the day, what's happening is that as we know, most of us know, some of us know mm-hmm. that it is within us to make the change. But then what are we actually looking at within us? And so I had an experience in probably 2000 to 2002, mm-hmm. where I literally had what I used to call slave memory recall, mm. until I did a little research and I found out that it was actually epigenetics. And epigenetics is the study of one generation having gone through extreme trauma, and through that DNA, it passes down to the next generation and the next and the next until someone realizes, hey, this is what's going on, mm. and stops it. Now, brothers and sisters have been in the lab for a long time trying to discover what it is that's continuing through historical events all the way through our 
our current construct. And it wasn't until a Jewish scientist, Mm -hmm. Rachel Yehuda, did some search research on the Holocaust. And she did research on the descendants of the Holocaust and discovered that it was the same cell in the DNA of the actual Holocaust survivors Mm. that transferred down to the descendants and caused them to have the same visceral reactions that their um, ancestors their had. ancestors had yeah so 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 what you're I want to make sure I'm hearing you clearly please I, I know the audience wants to be clear on this as well please so what you're telling me is that this trauma is passed on generation to generation like it's a part of our DNA it's a part of our DNA and I didn't know that until I had the experience that I had mm-hmm. I was sitting somewhere and someone was praying for me actually mm-hmm. and what occurred is that I'm sitting there in my clothes and right mind mm-hmm. and Suddenly, I started having a memory that was not mine. It wasn't a dream. It wasn't a vision. It wasn't anything esoteric or spooky like that. Mm -hmm. It was literally a memory, and it was of a slave girl who was about 14 years old, and she's in a cabin. Her family's there. She looks out of the cabin, sees rows and rows and rows of cotton, and says to herself, I've got to go out here and pick this cotton. The the sun's going to be biting my back like the devil's eyes. These stalks are going to be pricking my fingers, and I've got to pick set amount of cotton today. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're going to take me around to the back of the barn and beat me to within an inch of my life. Mm-hmm. And it was so real for me that when I came back from this memory, mm-hmm. I was screaming, bloody murder. And then that's when I started to explore what really happened mm-hmm. to our ancestors and what's really inside of me and you and all of us as a result. Because again, We can change policy. Mm -hmm. We can get as much education as we want to. We can even get into the sciences. We can do anything we want. But until we literally look inside of what's happening in us and what really happened, that's the cue that I got Mm -hmm. that started this book. We used to sing a song in my little church, and the song was, uh, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? Mm. Uh, I want to ask, can the cycle be unbroken? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And as you said, it begins with you and it begins with me. And the actual beginning of it, is just the recognition of it because the word also says that know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say the truth shall mm-hmm. set you free. It says you must first know the truth mm-hmm. and the truth will set you free. And that is the medicine. Like you said, there are a lot of people, the fake news, all of the things that are happening right now, people don't want to talk about the absolute truth. We all have our own relative truth, mm-hmm. but there's salt and there's pepper. There's chocolate and there's vanilla, there's black mm-hmm. and there's white. And at the end of the day, unless we start to look inside of ourselves at these wounds and how they are interacting between us, between two people, between two entities, between two countries, Mm -hmm. between two whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you think you're talking to the person, but what you're really talking to is their fear Mm -hmm. or you're talking to their masking and pretending, which our ancestors had to do a lot of, all of the contained rage because they couldn't do anything about the condition they were in. Nothing at all with it without the threat of having someone sold or killed or beaten again within an inch of our lives. And so we actually need to look at what are these wounds and how do they affect us. The etymology helped me with that mm-hmm. because when I started to look at the roots of these words, what happened was I started to discover that they were all from European background, mm-hmm. all from European roots. And so I, I came in touch with what was actually absolutely happening when they instilled the fear. It was purposely programmed. 
You know, the division was purposely programmed. And whether or not people believe the Willie Lynch letter, which I've done a lot of research on mm-hmm. that, and that's neither here nor there either, sure. because it could either be true or not true. But the, at the end of the day, the formula or the programming that was instilled in black people through the slave reconstruct is still there and it still works. Old against old against young. Yeah. Nappy head against the silky head. You know, mm-hmm. all those things field Negro yeah. versus house Negro. Dark, all of those, dark, dark light, 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 all of those constructs, yeah. 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 The chase well, system. When we come forward, I want to talk about the etymology. You, you've teed that up, and I want to go right into it in these 10 areas that we can't do justice to all 10. But I want to give the audience a sense of what these 10 areas are uh, vis-a-vis the etymology that research that you did uh, and how, in fact, we get to a place of healing the wounds of American slavery. It's just fascinating already to just learn uh, that there's scientific data, not hokey, hocus pocus stuff, but scientific right. data would suggest that this is passed on from generation to generation. This sort of trauma is in our bones in yes, many respects, is. and we'll talk about that more. The author of the book is Paige Means Hopper. She's live with us in the studio right now. The book is called Healing the Wounds of American Slavery. You're listening to Paige right now on Tavis Smiley. For all the freedom-loving folk, this is Tavis Smiley. I feel like Smart talk for curious people just like you. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. 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 Paige means hoppers, I guess. You said earlier, I'm watching my time, it's getting tight here. So you said earlier that you were looking at the, the etymology uh, of our existence, as it were. Yes. Uh, and you did that in, in 10 specific areas. 10 specific areas. Give me, just give me some of the areas that you, looked, that you were looking at, you, that your research took you into. I will give you what they are. They are fear, which is the granddaddy of all the wounds, mm-hmm. kind of stands as a command post and tells all the other wounds how to behave. Mm-hmm. Contained rage, jealousy, self-hatred, damaged belief systems, under and overachieving, mental illness, grief and brokenness, death, and masking and pretending. And if I take contained rage, that would be a good example of telling you what happened with the etymology. As I went to go look where that came from, what I discovered is that it came from a word from the French language called rabia. And when you break that down to its root is rabies. And so what I looked at is, what are rabies? What is rabies? I've seen rabbit dogs, Mm -hmm. and they foam at the mouth, and they chomp, and they just will bite whatever's in front of them because they're aggressive, and they're assertive, and they're raging. And so what I recognize is that the rabies had to be transferred from one place to another. And so it transferred from the, this, from the, um, the slaveholders to our ancestors mm-hmm. because you have to have a certain mindset. You have to have a certain way of being in order to be able to inflict the kind of torture and terror that they inflicted on our ancestors. And so they were embodying that, and it transferred to our ancestors Unwittingly, they passed it down to us because, again, when you are terrified in that way, it affects you physiologically. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it, it, it passed down from them to us and through some behavioral patterns, generational behavioral patterns. Say a word more about um, you, you ran the list of 10. I'm glad you did. And the, the audience can get the book and read yes. more about those 10 and, and your research in that regard. But back to this first one, uh, the granddaddy of, all, of them all, fear. Talk to me about that. Fear. Fear causes a human being to shut down. It paralyzes us. And when we arrive, our ancestors arrived on, on the continent, mm-hmm. in the colonies, as it were. All that was done, even from the time they were captured or sold. Come on, let's be real about it. Mm-hmm. By, by other Africans. By other Afri- Africans. Yeah. Yeah. From that point, the fear of not knowing where you're going, 
not knowing what's about to happen, the fear of the unknown. There are so many different fears, mm-hmm. fear of, you know, rejection, fear, fear of abandonment, fear of different things. But the fear was mostly the fear of the unknown, because from one moment to the next, they did not know what was going to happen to them, who was going to happen by where it was coming from, whether or not someone was going to be sold. They stayed in a constant stage of fear. Well, let's just fast forward that to today's cultural construct where we don't know when we're going to scroll down our computer Mm -hmm. and see the next brother or sister who's been murdered. Mm -hmm. See, you know, families who are turning against one another. See five cops beat down Mm -hmm. a young brother to his death. Mm -hmm. So the fear is what keeps us paralyzed in some sense and keeps people from wanting to do the suffering that it takes, the process that it takes to get to the actual truth of who we are. Let's talk about the process. I asked, uh, I started this conversation by asking whether or not it's possible to heal the wounds of American slavery. Paige says it is, but there is a process. We'll talk about the process when we come forward in our remaining moments with her on Tavis Smiley. Let's get back to more of Tavis Smiley right now. So I, again, I, I can't do justice to this book in uh, in uh, in 30 minutes. Uh, it's called "Healing the Wounds of American Slavery" by Paige Means Hopper. It's a brilliant, brilliant uh, piece of work, and I wanted to make some time for her on this program. Uh, but I want to talk about the process um, because there 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 are those who, particularly, I, I could I could argue after hearing what you've laid out, how this stuff is passed on from generation to generation. How does one go about healing that? And you say there's a process. There is a process. Tell me about it. And what's interesting is that this book will lead the individual to their own particular process. Mm -hmm. My process was, first of all, as I've said, and I can't say it enough, is knowing my, not even my truth. I don't like to say that because that points to relative truth. The truth Mm -hmm. will set me free. Mm -hmm. And so my process was finding out what is inside here. What's going on? And so I had to do a lot of just silent meditating. I had to do a lot of asking questions of myself to just poke around and kind of diagnose myself. What am I feeling in my heart and why? Mm -hmm. What am I feeling in my solar plexus and why? Mm -hmm. What am I feeling in my head? What is that? And so becoming, getting in touch with that without, again, getting too esoteric and, you know, do, 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 do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. It's real. It's a concrete process. But that's the first thing is first being willing to explore it. We talked about suffering before. There is some suffering because it's a purging. It's a purging process. And it's getting it's it's coming out of agreement with what others say about me and looking to see who I really am. Why 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 does that matter to us so much? Why what, does what matter to us so much? What what other folks think of us? Oh my gosh, because yeah. there's because one of the wounds yeah. is masking and pretending. Mm-hmm. And we do that because we don't want others to know because it that makes us too vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It makes us too accessible in some cases, being genuine, authentic. It makes us very vulnerable. And no one wants to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. because once you're vulnerable, then that means that in some cases people think that it makes you weak. But it's just the opposite. Once you're vulnerable, people want to know the essence. They want to know the truth. They really do. We're Mm -hmm. searching for the truth. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are searching for the truth. Although some don't want to know, the majority of us do. And so that's what makes it difficult is that we mask and we pretend. Our ancestors masked. They pretended, you know. I think I think we live in a world now. You mentioned relative truth a couple of times, and I was saying to you uh, during one of the breaks that um, my view has always been that it is the telling of truth that allows the suffering to speak. If no one tells the truth, then the suffering gets rendered invisible. I think you're right. I want to noodle on this the rest of the day. I think you're right. I think I believe that most people, most human beings, most fellow citizens are still in search of truth. That's what life ultimately is. It's a search. It's a quest for truth. And yet I'm trying to square 
my belief, I think, that most of us are in a search for truth with the fact that truth is so relative today, that the truth is what each of us determines it to be. In 60 seconds, can you square those two things? Yes, that's what has us blinded is the relative truth. Mm -hmm. There aren't that many of us who are willing, like yourself, Mm -hmm. like myself, to tell the truth and be with the consequences Mm -hmm. of the truth that comes from me, the truth that comes from you. And there's no, oh, you tell your truth, I tell my truth, we meet somewhere in the middle. There's the truth and there's the waking up to that we're both looking at a white piece of paper Mm -hmm. right now on a black desk. That's it. It's simple. It's like my producer told me that, you know, sometimes we look for a really complicated solution for something that is just stark simple, just Mm -hmm. at its rarest, purest simplicity. And that's it. What is the truth? Our ancestors went through a horrific existence. That's the truth, and that's what we have to talk about. It's an amazing book. As I said, I, I can't do justice to it in, in 30 minutes, um, but um, uh, you're going to hear more about this. Trust me. Awesome. <laughs> I'll, leave it there. I'll leave it there for now. you hear more about this book. It's called Healing the Wounds of American Slavery, written by Paige Means Hopper. Uh, Paige, I've enjoyed this immensely. Uh, I'll close where you began. Uh, I didn't know 13 years ago uh, that we'd be in this space, but I gave you my word then. And you, more importantly, forget my word, you did your part. You wrote the book. You did the research. You wrote the book. And it's my great honor to have you on to celebrate it. So congrats on the book. uh, And uh, thank you for coming and see me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Your Highness. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) More of Tavis Smiley. We, We come forward.